0: Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question, is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, O2 Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 13. How can you tell if a podcast episode about grief is worth your time right now? As it turns out, A pandemic puts grief front and center in all of our lives. It affects the way we eat, it affects the way we sleep, and it even affects the way we breathe. But here's the tricky thing about grief. It can be hard to see when you're in it. Our guest today, Tanya Dietrich, experienced this tunnel vision of grief firsthand after losing her spouse suddenly in 2018. As she worked through her grief, Tanya gained a unique perspective on the grief that flooded all of us as a result of pandemic living. In this episode, Tanya talks about writing her forthcoming book entitled, This Is Grief, When Breathing Hurts, Love Songs Suck, and Good Days Come With Guilt. And she shares her timely insights on managing grief. Tanya reveals how your past traumas impact your grief today, what all that binge watching really means, and how you can overcome the tunnel vision that grief creates. Let's listen in now. Hi, Tanya, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Hi, Tara Clancy. I am so delighted to be with you here this afternoon. Well, I am so delighted that you are here with me because we have been doing a Uh, special episodes in honor of National Mental Health Month. And I think your topic is right on target for us right now, given everything that we've been going through. I've had the pleasure of hearing you speak and giving your perspective prescription talk, which knocked my socks off. I mean, you just did such a wonderful job of really illustrating it and making it concrete, um, beautifully done. And so what I was hoping we could talk about today is grief in particular, because with everything that's been going on, we have had so much loss, you know, economic loss, actual uh, lo- social uh, and relational loss, actual death. Um, and so many people are walking around in a state of grief and having different levels of awareness of it and different levels of, of how to cope. So I was hoping that you may be able to shed some light on that for us.
1: I think you're right. And I think everybody's talking about it and it's no surprise. And yet I think to some people, it is a surprise that it actually is grief because we usually think of grief just in terms of death. And I think the whole world learned that there are many ways To go through grief. And certainly, we've all had a loss of our freedoms, it feels like. Um, And I was, I think, right in line with that. I have to say, the topic of grief is the topic of the book that I'm going to launch in August. And I lost uh, my partner on New Year's Eve of 2018 so I was in grief already before this pandemic came along and I have to say that when it first happened I really experienced other people's reactions and recognized them as grief because I was already there Mm -hmm. I was already feeling that it wasn't the jolt to me that it was to everyone else because I had made physical moves sold my house like lots of things that you lots of losses, lots of changes, and I was already in that mode. So I could see it on other people's faces. And it is a great topic for mental health month, because grief of any kind really does affect your mental health. If you aren't cognizant, a maybe that that's what you're going through, like what, what is it when you feel depressed, and you don't know why in this pandemic, got to be loss of something. And that always triggers grief. So my perspective comes largely from losing a partner but it parlays right into the whole feeling of grief and what you go through and the the layer of over grief is what we went through which is trauma and i had trauma and this pandemic certainly is trauma so trauma brings a whole other layer i think to
0: grief and um can we can we get going through yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you 100. Can can we get a couple of um, like concrete um, examples? When you say, for example, you were already in grief, and sure. so you recognized it in people who were just entering it because their grief began from the pandemic. Can you can you give us some ideas of what you saw so that it will help people listening recognize that? I think it really hit me, I was on a zoom call with a
1: group that we were already meeting on zoom. So it wasn't anything different. We had already started earlier that year. And one of the women in the beginning of this, normally she would be sitting at her desk and we would be talking at this zoom meeting, she was on her sofa with a blanket Mm. and clearly had been crying. And shoulders were slumped, and she was just despondent. And I, and I said to her, "You're in grief. You you are grieving what's going on." And she was pretty surprised at that. And she had had some earlier trauma in her life, so I think it. That's the other thing about this grief and what you see it. It re energizes or resurfaces trauma that maybe you haven't dealt with. So that was one. Thing.
0: Think, and that's a great example, because like you said, I think so many of us, like I'll even say people, I've heard people joking about the COVID-19 and they're saying it's the 19 pounds on average that we've <laughs> gained. Right. But what's happening? So many people are turning to comfort foods. And, and you said with the woman that you just described she's with a blanket and what's more comforting than a blanket. And I think when you are in grief, you are looking for ways to comfort yourself. Um, when, when you did mention it to the woman, um, and you said she was surprised, did, 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 was she receptive then to the thought or did it, was it too much to take on even? Yeah,
1: it was, I think too much to take on. Like she was in, in a really deep, depressed, sad situation where I think, that's sort of one of the earmarks of grief. You can't can't tell a griever pretty much anything Mm -hmm. because you're so far in the tunnel that you just, really, you're right, looking for comfort, anything that's comfort. And we, a lot of us found it in food these past Mm -hmm. few, um, these past few months, these, you know, in the past year. Yeah. And, And those are signs. What do you, what do you look for? The spending a lot of time on the couch, binge watching to escape. I know I did that A, in grieving my partner, and B in COVID, yeah. and sometimes we weren't left for you know had too many choices. But
0: right. um, there's nothing left for you to watch now. I bet <laughs> right,
1: um, right. That's one of the first questions that comes up when I'm talking to other people is what are you watching? Which yeah. was never right. We never asked that before. No, Maybe it no. came up in conversation, but didn't rise to the top. Yeah. So I think that that's
0: yeah really it, interesting. Yeah, I love the way you said it too, where you said when you're in that, that grief, you're so far into the tunnel. I think that uh, the visual that that brings into my mind is like, what, what do you have when you're in a tunnel? You have tunnel vision, right? Everything on the outside is blocked off. So I think I I, I love the way you say that. And of course that goes back. I'm sure you've, had plenty of time to think about that because of your perspective, prescription that you talk about. So maybe we can talk a little bit about what do you do when you are in there, when you're in that tunnel, you don't necessarily realize it. What are some ways that you can kind of, you know, clue into it and, and maybe, you know, what can you do? My
1: suggestion is check in with your body, and here's a really interesting thing. When I said to that woman in another conversation um, about how she was feeling and and the trigger is or the you know the trigger to figure out where you are is how you feel it in your body, and she said to me, "I don't feel things in my body." And I thought, well, now, there you go. There's yeah. a place to start, right? Because yeah. somewhere somewhere it shows up in your body. We carry everything in our bodies. Right. And, and it's one of the reasons that we focus on what we eat and, and what we do and exercise because we want our bodies to feel good. But it's funny when you're in grief, the feeling is the comfort and it's really hard to move to, let's say exercise where cognitively we know it's going to make us feel better but we can't make the leap right and and um, breathing exercises are another but man they are hard to do when you are in there because you really just right the less you the less you breathe the more sleepy you get the more you know you can sort of just come out of your brain a little bit because you're not feeding it very much yeah so those signs are are you know Good earmarks. Yeah. Check with, but, check with your body.
0: Yeah. And and something that you just, you know, you just mentioned the breathing. And of course, I'm a you take a breathing specialist, so I'm right on board with that. And um, I'm thinking back to what you said about how the woman was sitting like with her shoulders rounded forward. And that is like the weight of the world idea on your shoulders. For
1: sure. And that now I'm sitting is, up straight. <laughs> <laughs> no, quick
0: reminder. That's um, straight. Yeah. But the thing is that is actually. It 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 does act like a physical um, impediment to breathing because once you start rounding your shoulders forward, your whole rib cage sort of gets uh, you know compressed a little bit, and so when you're trying to breathe, you don't have as much freedom. And when you when the less you're able to breathe normally, the worse you're going to feel, right? And so it it becomes this kind of catch twenty um, two. Yeah so um so do you have another thought or or do you have a strategy that you want we want to move to
1: well you know i i one thing that i noticed like before covid came along and i was just in really early grief which for me was trauma because his death was very sudden and i felt out of breath all the time and i couldn't figure out why and it, and it was the strangest really a strange feeling and i did some Investigation for um, another talk that I'm doing about perspective and weaving in COVID and I looked up the physiological effects of stress and trauma and sure enough, breathing is one of them. Um, Either over breathing, which I think I was doing and you and I had a conversation at that time. And I think I said to you, I, I just feel out of breath all the time. And I don't feel like at the same time, I, I can't get enough breath. And um, there is some breathing thing, you know, breath is life. Yes. So when you're dealing with grief and you're really sad, you don't almost want to breathe. It almost hurts to breathe. Yeah. But what I loved was what you told me. Um, then maybe you want to repeat
0: it, but I know it was about maybe I was taking in too much. Too much. air. Yeah. 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 I'll, 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 uh, I'll start here. So we do, when we have a stress, uh, you know, uh, in the body, we do change the way we breathe. Right. And we do start using like uh, our upper chest muscles and trying to recruit big amounts of air to quickly oxygenate the muscles it's kind of like if you think back to the cavemen time and the saber-toothed tiger you see that tiger there you want to be able to power yourself up so you can run a short distance and be you know get into the cave and so that's what happens when you have some sort of trauma but the only difference in modern life is we have the trauma we start breathing in a different way and then the, the, it doesn't really go away. Like we don't get away from that saber-toothed tiger and all those chemicals that are released stay in the body and we keep breathing in that way that isn't the way we're supposed to breathe over a sustained time. So yeah, so what I had described to you and there's a video of this on my YouTube channel it was basically to uh, do what I call the Lilo breathing, like less in less often, uh, because uh, when it it helps you uh, get out of that fight or flight nervous system mode and back into rest and digest. And I think the really important thing too, with grief, when you've had some trauma like that, you need more sleep, right? Because the body is physically trying to heal. And so if you are breathing in a way that isn't the way you're supposed to breathe, Your sleep is then disrupted. Ask yourself today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Go to IsYourSleepMakingYouTired.com and get your copy today. Today's sponsor asks this important question. Have you done a mental health check today? Have you been feeling off? How long have you felt that way? Cindy Chosick is a speaker, ghostwriter, and author who connects the dots to the symptoms, solutions, and sound bites so we can help ourselves, our teams, and our loved ones. Learn more at GetSoConnected.com. So if you can get back uh, to breathing in a, the, the breathing that brings you into the rest and digest nervous system, then you can have better sleep and you can feel better, you know, work through your grief in a, in a potentially easier way than if you're not able to breathe and sleep.
1: So that's a good point that you bring up because typically when you're traumatized or have that sort of experience, and certainly COVID could be, or, you know, the reason, you don't sleep, like that's one sign of depression, right? is your inability to sleep but the other that i thought of while you were thinking talking was what about crying i mean if you're in, if you're crying you're probably taking in big gulps of air like everything is off which i think is one of the reasons we feel so exhausted after we've been crying yeah. also and you yeah. your body has to be totally totally out of whack with your breathing and your sleep yeah. and neither of that neither of those situations help at all so yeah. um i that's... did do the exercises that you gave me and i have to say they they were not easy because they didn't feel natural under the circumstances but that's i think part of what you do is get people to a point where the correct breathing for them is natural because they're doing all the right things in front of it they don't have to concentrate on how they're breathing because everything is lined up behind it to, to support that breathing.
0: Yeah, actually, that's, really that's cool. Yeah, that's a great way that you're describing it. It's like you literally are, you know, sort of uh, reprogramming the, the respiration center in the brain. Uh, you know, if you've if you've developed um, poor daytime breathing habits, and and I I like the point that you made about the crying. Like, if you are having those big heaving. Kind of uh crying which you would be in that traumatic kind of loss that is absolutely going to be the trigger for that and i'll share something else that i heard that that i I wasn't aware of in terms of the crying um crying does serve um like a, a a a a cathartic purpose because all the chemicals that are coursing, are you familiar, right? They Absolutely. get rinsed out in the tears. So it's actually a little bit of a, a catch twenty two. I guess if you're going to cry, have a gentle cry because if you cry and you have the big heap, you're sort of working against yourself. But uh, but no, either way, you definitely do whatever you feel like you need to do. That's the well, bottom yes. line.
1: <laughs> but it is a, to...
0: it it is a fact that
1: tears of joy have a different chemical composition than tears of sorrow, and that's why because one is actually cleansing your system, which is really kind of cool. Like when we support our bodies the way they should be supported, they work really well. And when they get out of whack, and I think sleep just as a topic is probably on the top of everyone's list. It's hard enough for most people to get enough hours of sleep, but if they're not getting what they need from their sleep, that's something that just builds on itself and it's an endless loop of not ever feeling good, which is checking back in with your body again. And why don't I feel good? Like people say I'm tired all the time. Don't they? Yes. The number
0: one complaint. Yeah. So um, my, my mantra here on the counterfeit sleep podcast is to say, you know, if you're not feeling great, you know, then use the XYZ formula. And it's basically, if you've got problem X, whatever it may be, if you're tired, you're angry, you're sad, you know, you, you have stomach problems, whatever. If you have problem X, ask why, right? Don't just accept it. And then make your primary suspect, your Zs, your sleep, because it really does impact everything. So, wow, uh, this is, uh, I think, really, I hope for me, actually, it opened my eyes on a couple of, of points. And I hope people will also you know uh people who are listening will will be able to appreciate a little bit more that the, the degree of grief that we're feeling is so great and the the chance that we're not a, aware of it is pretty great too right and so it, like you said check in yeah yeah
1: it definitely and just one other thing to say about grief that i discovered and i think we had this conversation before but it It is a known fact that whatever your first experience of grief with is whether it's losing your dog or moving when you're a kid to a different locale, any loss, the way that you are affected by that loss comes back every single subsequent loss. So it's another place. So if you stop breathing back then, you're going to, you know, you're going to do the whole thing over again. And, um, you know sort of a shameless plug one of the things having nothing to do with this podcast by the way is the the some the title of my book is this is grief because it's about losing a partner but the subtitle is when breathing hurts mm. love songs suck and good days come with guilt but wow literally i would say it hurts to breathe yeah you're because you're you are so compressed and whatever so yeah. um funny thing that that's what we're talking about too not not funny
0: but appropriate because appropriate yes it was like number one for me it's yeah yeah and 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 how often do we hear people say that right like even just having a a, let's just say a breakup something much milder right you know you break up as a teen with somebody and it's just like absolutely it hurts to breathe it is It's, it's, it's it's a very physical experience and and I think too it you know when it hits you like that you don't necessarily it's, it's like the elevator dropping out below you and the depth to which you drop, you can't realize until you get out of it, really, right, because it comes on and hits you so I think, um, you know, like I said in, in, in our conversation here if if people can walk away either to recognize that they may be dealing with something more or to see that maybe somebody that they know may be dealing with it. And I always say, try to, you know, try to approach people who are a little feeling a little, they're off for some reason, try to approach it with a little bit more grace, because maybe, maybe they, they don't even realize they're having, you know, as hard a time as they are, and maybe a little support will just help sort of help open the floodgates a little bit, you know, and, and uh, that's how we make it through, right? (laughs)
1: For sure, for sure. And I think too, and it's not a political statement at all. But I wonder, in the process of grief, what was the role of masks? Um, in terms of that, you know what I mean? It's uh, not disparaging anything, but I just think, when you start to think about this topic, um, what does that mean? And, and clearly, we all appear to be fine. And that's a great thing. but. It, yeah. it could be a struggling feeling too you know yeah because the lot.
0: masks are you know um changing your breathing patterns and um, you know if you are already um inclined to have um you know anxiety or something the mask wearing is mm-hmm. is going to bring that on it's going to heighten it dramatically you know um and so a range of a range of uh, mental health things could be directly attributed to masks and the fear of, of, of all that, that's making us put the masks on that that is uh you know a huge factor as well so good point so tanya i have two last um last questions for you before we wrap up so the first one is i always like to ask our guests what they would put on a billboard so you've had spent a lot of time with grief you've you know because of experiences and from just diving into it, now writing your book, um, what would you put on a billboard knowing that it's a small piece of real estate and people go buy it pretty quickly? I got a million
1: of them. <laughs> <laughs> I really, just depends on the topic. I think one of the, the one of the things that I like the most on the topic of grief where I'm at
0: now is that there is life after death, yours. Mm, mm, oh my God, I love that because it's, it's such a common thing that we wonder about life <laughs> after death. But yeah, oh, beautiful, beautiful. So if you lose somebody,
1: your yeah. life's not over, just theirs is over. Yes. Remember that, you know, that, oh. that's that's it. Don't, and don't waste, you know, don't waste it. I don't want to waste the time. I don't know how much I, you know, you don't know.
0: It's not waste word. it. Yeah, very good. Very good. Okay, thank you for that. So my last question for you is, I know you have your book coming out. Tell me the title again. Uh, I forget. It's called This is Grief, yeah. um,
1: where breathing hurts, love songs suck, <laughs> and good days come with guilt. Uh, so it's, it's um, intended to be I think a gift book. I think we tend to want to make people feel better. And this is not a how to, what I did, what to do, no advice. It's just finding a kindred spirit in where you're at and saying, you know what? I'm not crazy. People yeah. feel this way. So yeah. that's what it's, it's about. And it's scheduled to come out on August 20th, which is um, grief recognition day. Who knew? Oh, <laughs> okay. Good. Um, yeah. So it will I, be I love available it. on
0: Amazon and, and uh... okay the way you've described it it makes me think of like um, you know when you have something going on and there's the person who will just sit with you and they don't want to talk unless you want to talk you know or they'll listen if you just do or just they'll just you know just be there so that you have comfort your book the way you've described it sounds a little bit like that to me so um, uh, that's what I, I hope for I hope that
1: anyone who gets it can pick it up and something in it resonates with them where they feel not so alone.
0: Yeah. That's the other thing about it too, that it, it um, I know anytime I've ever been grieving, it's, it's really hard to focus on stuff. You're not going to, you know, there's no way you're picking up war and peace and getting in for a good reason. You just don't have the mind for it. Right. And it's like, if you have something that you can kind of thumb through and, and be engaged and engage as you want, uh, then I think it's a, it's a, like, it's a beautiful gift for somebody to, I to know. be able to have that option. So, um, so I look forward to seeing it, uh, in okay. August as well. Okay. So last question, then where would someone connect with you? Um, the easiest way I think is if
1: I send you to my website, which is tanyadietrich.com, T-A-N-Y-A dot kcom
0: beautiful and i know you have your blog there too mm-hmm. uh, so that and that, that's always really well written of course because you are a writer um but also just so uh thought um provoking i think and and just really really good Thanks. stuff so thank i would you. yeah you're welcome well thank you so much again for joining us for national Mel- mental health month i really think we've Um, you know, shed some light on on a really important topic for any time, but particularly now while there's just so much grief in the world. So thank you again, Tanya.
1: Thanks so much, Tara. I had a, it was a great conversation and I learned something, which I love. And so
0: did I, which I love as well. (laughs) Thanks again. When you're ready for your aha moment, when you're ready to have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love, go to counterfeitsleep.com and take the counterfeit sleep screening. That ends this episode of the counterfeit sleep podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey and leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you, and remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. (coughs) Ask yourself today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Go to IsYourSleepMakingYouTired.com and get your copy today. Today's sponsor asks this important question. Have you done a mental health check today? Have you been feeling off? How long have you felt that way? Cindy Chosick is a speaker, ghostwriter, and author who connects the dots to the symptoms, solutions, and sound bites so we can help ourselves, our teams, and our loved ones. Learn more at GetSoConnected.com.